When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Care about this money and Lord. You ain't been where I've been. Ain't seen what I see. See, I came from the bottom. Struggle serving to a king. I'm trying to win and put it on for my team. But they want to see me lose and kill a young nigga drink. And that was uh, music from a good friend of mine, Nodge, the real Nodge on Instagram. Um, grew up with him, grew, played basketball with his younger brother, and uh, I'm I'm glad he let me use his his music to play on my podcast. So, welcome guys to episode five. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the previous episodes. I'm your host Reggie Coleman. Today I have the the known guest by now, David Broach. Thank you for having me again. Um, and today we're gonna be talking about mostly playoffs and uh a special segment at the end that's been very talked about by many people, many outlets. Um, some people like it. Some people don't. Some people see why he's doing what he's doing, but we'll get to that, get to that uh, at the end of our, at the end of our show. So we're going to start off with the jazz and the warrior series being that it's three Oh, right. at this point in the series, um, jazz are no competition. George Hill went out. Uh, and the Warriors are just clicking on all cylinders. Uh, so, Dave, what do you think about that series and how both teams are playing? Uh, Jazz Warriors series, um, I think it's a little disappointing that the Jazz haven't won a game, being with the youth that they have. Uh, I didn't think that they would be in a position to get swept. But uh, the Warriors have been pretty consistent throughout the playoffs. I think that the Warriors present a lot of length, first of all, um, kind of like a carbon copy of what uh, the Bucks have going on with their length and size. I think that the Warriors kind of have the same format, one that the Bucks pretty much followed. Uh, I think that's going to be continue to be their strong point, along with, obviously with their shooting. But d- defensively, they've been really well. Offensively, they've done a v- very good job of sharing the basketball and not necessarily depending on one guy. With the three guys that they have, you know, and Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant. Also, you had a guy, Draymond Green. And with that starting lineup, you can even say McGee's have has been able to been able to contribute, being that they're such a sharing team and 
I think that obviously they're going to sweep. I don't see the Jazz winning a game now being down 3-0. Question for you. What do you think do – no, do you think the Warriors are catching a break? You know how a lot of people say the, the Cavs are cruising through the East. There's no real competition. Do you think the Warriors are catching breaks with Blake being hurt in the first round against the Jazz and the Jazz ended up winning that series? Whereas I I feel like the uh, Clippers would have been a better matchup. Um, it wouldn't have been a sweep, and uh, but the Jazz did win, and now George Hill goes out, couldn't play game three, probably won't play uh, game four. Um, do you think they're catching breaks? We know that we know they're that good, but do you think that they're catching breaks just as the Cavs people say the Cavs are? I think both teams, and specifically as we're speaking about uh, the Warriors, I think. It's still a pretty easy route for them to get to where they're trying to get. Um, I do think that maybe in the next series, they'll be presented with a a more extended series, but still coming out on top. Um, Again, within the series, I think that, like, as we're speaking about them catching a break, I wouldn't say necessarily a break, but I just like the Cavs have an easy route to get to where they're trying to get, I think they do too. Obviously, injury plays a part into that. That's not something that... We control, but just the quality of the teams that both of these teams are playing, I think they're just a tier better than both of the teams or from both perspectives on the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. I think, just think that, that they're that much better than the teams that they're facing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Warriors are just that good. It doesn't – it plays a little factor in it that players got hurt, but in all honesty, most – most of the world that knows basketball knows that the Warriors were going to win these first two rounds at least easily. Um, whether it was the Clippers or the Jazz, it didn't really matter um, because they're just that good. They have they have Kevin Durant. They added that piece. Uh, Steph Curry has been playing excellent since the playoffs has started. Klay Thompson is he's not been himself. But he's still a threat out there just because of how deadly of a shooter he is. And Draymond Green, the the energy guy, he does everything. He and he's the heart and soul of that team. And without him, as you saw last year in the, in the championship, he went out and things changed drastically for uh, for the Warriors. And as you mentioned, McGee, he was always on Shaqton the fool every other team he'd been on. But since he'd been on the Warriors, where they move the ball, they know who, where they need to find him at, where which is. Uh, Ali Oops, and he knows his role now. Uh, putbacks, uh, crash the offensive glass, get rebounds, and run the floor. And he's been flourishing, and he's he's working himself into a not a decent uh, contract whenever his his contract is up. So he's playing his way into a nice amount of money um, whenever that new contract is set to uh, play in. Um, but as we said, the Warriors are just that good. They're gonna most likely sweep the Jazz tonight. Um, and like I said, the Warriors are, are just that good. So moving on, moving along, uh, let's talk about the Boston Wizards series, which is is a pretty good one. I think it's going to go seven games. You have two elite guards, one in John Wall, who's elite in a way that he does it with the points and the assists. And where you have an, the other elite point guard and Isaiah Thomas, who... Doesn't he gets he averages about five assists, but he's more so a scoring uh, guard. What do you think about this series and how it's been going so far? As it it's two two right now. Well, at two two, I can say that um, 
I think that the Wizards did a good job of winning the last two games and just buckling down, honing on the things that we do. Um, the first time, the first game that they won, it still was hard or it didn't seem as if Bradley Bill was involved, but as a team, they were really going, so that didn't really matter or show on the score. Uh, the second game that they won, Bradley Bill, I want to say, had 27 points. Um, he, he was very aggressive. He shot 11 for 16 from the field. Um, I think for them to continue to be consistent and win games, they're going to need Bradley Bill to be that second guy. Obviously, you got guys like Otto Porter and uh, Gortat that contribute in the ways that they do. But being that they had such a thin, they're thin in depth at the big position, um, having those two consistent guards really horse and man their team is going to be important. Uh, as far as Boston goes, I think we are looking at a seven-game series now because they're going back on going back home for uh, Boston. Um, I think they'll find a way to win. But uh, Boston's a team that Isaiah Thomas is obviously the, their 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 score and their guy. But um, in the games that Boston had lost, I thought that uh, the Wizards did a good job of making him a liability on on the defensive end, which kind of makes it hard for him to get going on offense, being that. He being that he's a small guard and he has to exert so much energy on the defense end when the team is trying to expose that, I think it takes him out of his rhythm for his offense. Uh, the last game, actually, he started off really, really strong, and it didn't look like the Wizards would win that game. But once Bradley Bill stepped up, I thought that led for a lot of balance for uh, the Wizards. So I do think we're looking at a seven-game series. I still have uh, the Wizards coming out of that series. Um, just too much guard play for me uh, if you look at the two teams. So I, I still have the Wizards coming out in seven. Thank you for that input. Uh, I do have a question. The Celtics, they obviously won the first two games. Then uh, Wizards came back and won two at, at their home. Um, and as you can tell, S Scott Brooks, he made major adjustments, I would say. Um, on how he's playing Isaiah Thomas off the off the pick and roll, how he's guarding him, um, and how they're attacking him on the def on their offensive side. So, what do you think, or how do you think? Well, look at it from both sides. How do you think Isaiah Thomas should counter that? Obviously, his uh, the other players have the role players have to hit shots because when they double you, he he makes the right play, and on the other side. Um, Wizards, obviously, they should uh, keep doing what they're doing because it's working. Um, what do you think Isaiah Thomas should do on the offensive side, and what do you think the Wizards should do or keep doing on the uh, on the defensive side? Uh, as far as Boston, I, I think Isaiah Thomas still has to be able to play out of the pick and roll and be able to make decisions with the basketball. He, he's a ball-dominant guard. He's aggressive. Um, he has to continue to be able to get to the free throw line, which – he, he, he's done really well. If not, he's been able to finish at the basket. So both of those things, just playing off the uh, ball screen and being able to be aggressive and, and play the way he likes to play, I think that'll be a more effective way for uh, Boston to be able to get involved. As you said, also, um, he needs his role players and, and other guys to just do their job. And when he finds them in open spots, just be able to make plays and hit shots. Um, for the Wizards on the... On, on the flip side of that, I think that the Wizards have to stay aggressive with Isaiah on the offensive end because team 
teams overall and, and players that usually bring pressure don't like to be pressured. Um, but for the Wizards, I think it's just just being mindful and you take your chances. You 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 figure Isaiah is going to be able to score, but you also figure that if you're aggressive with him, that maybe his teammates don't get going and it causes some frustration within himself where he doesn't have the amount of success that we may be used to him having. Yeah, I agree. Isaiah Thomas, um, he's a great player. The first quarter of game four, he had four threes in that first quarter, had 12 points, and then the first two minutes, within the first two minutes of the second, he had another three. So he had 15 points within uh, the first 13 minutes of action, 14 minutes. And he was a, a major factor in that in that, in that first half. Um, I believe it was tied at the half. and um, But in the second half, he ended up scoring only two or four points. He ended with 17, I believe, or 19. So the Wizards obviously, and they went on a big 26-0 run uh, in the second half where that, that's, that broke them away. And uh, they didn't look back after that. So I agree with you. Isaiah Thomas still can make plays off the off the pick and roll because he's a great player. He also mentioned in his uh, post-game conference um, that he didn't shoot any free throws that game. And he came at the referees. He was like, uh, there's no way he's not getting fouled. He plays the same way every game. They have to make a change. They have to make keep calling the fouls. And he also said he not he's not going to shy away from – uh, the contact because that he's he that's the way he plays he that's the only way he knows how to play and um I, I i like that out of him he's he's not worried he's worried about the rest he's trying to make him make it known that they they need to make calls but at the same time he's still going to do what he do no matter if they make calls or not um and that's the type of player that you like like to have on your team because he's going to give it his all every every play on the court um and he's going to do whatever is necessary to make it, give his team the best possible chance to win. And you can only love that. And on the other opposite side, I feel like the Wizards, I agree with you. Uh, I think you said the Wizards were winning seven. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, because uh, John Wall is just on a tear. Uh, I believe it's seven straight or eight, seven, six or seven straight games where he's had a double-double. Um, and especially, more, more importantly, 10-plus uh, assists. So he he's been a, a tear uh, not only in the playoffs but more so throughout the whole regular season and I I continue to say he's the best uh, point guard in the league best true point guard I would say uh, not just scoring but also assisting um, being that he's second or third I believe second in the league in assists behind James Harden who's first and um, John Wall is just on a tear and when Bradley Bill like I said in the previous episode when Previous episodes, I'm sorry. When he's hitting that shot and he's attacking the basket, it's it's scary because that backcourt is is one of the best in the league, um, probably top three. So I agree with you, Dave. I believe the Wizards will win in seven, because um, John Wall and Bradley Bill is just too much for Isaiah Thomas. Really quickly before we move on, I'm glad you brought up John Wall. Um, I don't want it to be missed what John Wall has done, not only in the playoffs but for his team. Uh, John Wall also has found a way to be or use his athleticism and, and aggressiveness on the defensive end, which also has been a factor for opposing guards. Uh, I think last game, John Wall had five steals, um, but he's been a lot more consistent at getting two or three steals a game and, and just 
being the staple for uh, the guards and also the defense for the Wizards, which I think is very, very important for uh, what it is they're trying to get accomplished. So shout out to John Wall for uh, using, like I said, using the tools that he has and, and being aggressive on the defense end to set the tone for his team. Thank you for that that input and to uh, elaborate on what John, how how John Wall is so effective for his team and so important for his team, especially when he's healthy and a hundred percent. Moving on to to another series that's I think is going to go go seven games as well as the the Rockets and the Spurs. Uh, the Rockets just lost the, their big guy Nene to a groin injury. He's out for the playoffs, which is a big blow as the backup uh, center for them. Um, Rockets came back, one one game four, series is tied two two. Um, Spurs, you know they're they're gonna make adjustments. Coach Pop, he's gonna do he he's the best at it. They lose a game as we saw in game one. They lost big, came back in game two and dominated. So he he knows he's one of the greatest coaches ever, uh, to in any sport. Um, so how do you feel about this series and and how do you think it will it will play out? Um, the last game I was a little disappointed because I felt like the Spurs, being that they're a little older, um, a little more veteran group, that they need to kind of get ahead of the curve as far as these series goes, because um, for the long term or the longevity of them winning throughout the playoffs, I think rest is important. I think with uh, the guys that they have on that team, obviously losing Tony Parker was somewhat a big deal. Patty Mills, I think, is a, a good feeling guy, a guy that can contribute and still score the basketball. Obviously, he's a shot maker. Um, but I think for the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be really the X factor or the guy that they need to be. They brought him there to, to, to be another guy, and he hasn't always been that in this series. Um, I want to say last game, he might have had like 16, which is a better game for him, and that has to be a little more consistent. Um, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, is their guy and for the first time in a long time I think the Spurs finally have a guy that's can be the man um the Spurs never really had that they always had a lot of balance a lot of contributors uh Kawhi Leonard to me right now is turning the corner to be one of the two best players in the league obviously behind LeBron LeBron James I would still say is number one but yes LeBron is number one he's been number one (laughs) for the past about you know Twelve years. That, that, that's an argument and debate for another time. Okay, okay. But I would agree that he's still the best player in the league. Uh, so, like I said, for the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard, I think is really starting to turn that corner and show that he can be the guy. And the reason I say that is because every night Kawhi Leonard is going to guard the best player. And so far, he showed that a lot of those nights he's going to give you twenty five plus and be able to score the basketball. Still, um, we've seen him take a lot out of. The, veterans and, and retirees like Kobe Bryant and uh, Michael Jordan book, just, just playing 15 feet out, back to the basket, being able to get to his spots and just raise up over guys and, and score the basketball. So the more that he continues to polish his game um, on the offense end and, and just extend his range, be a more consistent three-point shooter, I, I think that he really can be the, that guy, not, not only for the Spurs, but for the NBA. Um, Houston, I thought, think took a huge blow with Nene getting hurt. Um, cause, uh, actually last game they used Ryan, Ryan Anderson at the five. Um, they started the second half actually with, with Anderson playing in, in that position 
and getting more minutes at the uh, center position, which is not something we're always accustomed to. So it's showing that there's a little thin at the big position. But uh, James Harden is still James Harden, so he he gives him a, a puncher's chance. Um, I still, like you said, I, I see seven games. Um, I'm still going with the Spurs, just just with the veterans, and and, I, and I'm a firm believer in Kawhi Leonard, so I'm not going to stare away from that. Um, so I say Spurs in seven for that series. Well, gotta disagree with you. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the Rockets are going to win in seven. Uh, James Harden, as we all know, he's a beast. Um, but I, I think the X factor is, and he most most times he always is, is Patrick Beverly, who just lost his grandfather. Um, this has been a playoffs where players have lost family members, most importantly, uh, Isaiah Thomas and now Patrick Beverly. And he's always inspired on the court, but I, I feel like he's going to play with the extra edge. Um, he's going to get into whoever the guards are on the floor for the for the uh, Spurs, being that Tony Parker is out, so Deontay Murray, uh, Patty Mills, whoever they throw out there, he's going to he's going to terrorize them because he's just a he's a bulldog on the court. He he doesn't care. He takes he makes hard fouls. He takes hard fouls. Um, he he's their heart and soul. I feel like. Just like like I said before, with Draymond Green, Pat Pat Beverly is is their uh, heart and soul. He he makes them go. We all know they have James Harden uh, and Lou Will and Eric Gordon off the bench, but Pat Beverly he he brings the emotion, the energy that they need to excel and be a great team that they are that they were in the regular season, and that they have to be to be, beat the Spurs who have a championship pedigree. Um, they have Kawhi Leonard, who's the best two-way guy in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's definitely top three players in the league. LeBron is number one, but yeah, that's for another time. Um, but like, yeah, Kawhi Leonard for for the Spurs, though, I think for them to win, um, I feel like Pau Gasol and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge are are big big factors because they've been inconsistent. More so in this series, um, Lamarcus hasn't been hitting his mid-range jumpers, and Pau Gasol, he's moved out to the three-pointer point line a lot, but he hasn't been hitting his shots as well. So I think the two big guys on their side, also with Nene being out, they have to take advantage of of the smaller lineups that the the Rockets are going to play with. With Ryan Aronson, who's about six eight, six nine, and you have Aldridge who's six ten, and Pau who's seven foot. So they have to take advantage advantage of their height and not just settle for jumpers uh, all the time. Have anything else with the Spurs and uh, Rockets? Oh, also, no. I said I disagree. Um, the Rockets will, will win in seven. All right. Really quickly, I, he said something that was very important. I, I want that to be known. Kawhi Leonard is definitely the best two-way player in the league. Um, other than that, as he said, as far as uh, interior, I think that the Spurs have to use that to their advantage to be able to come out of this series. Um, it would be disappointing knowing that the Rockets lost another big and they weren't able to take advantage of that. Yeah, and like I said, LeBron is the best player <laughs> in the league. And speaking of LeBron, let's talk about the Cavs and the Raptors series, which ended uh, in a sweep again. Uh, LeBron and the Cavs, they swept in the first round. They swept the Pacers in the first round, and now it's the Toronto Raptors in the second round. Uh, LeBron is 
he's looking better than ever at 32 years old, 14th year in the league. Uh, he's looking like he doesn't, he's not aging. Um, then you have Kyrie, who's not, he hasn't been shoot, shooting well, uh, but he shows up when, when it's most important in the fourth quarter and he closes games. And Kevin Love, he's been really struggling. Uh, so he needs to find his rhythm, whether it be in practice, but he needs to find his rhythm for them to ultimately, ultimately, excuse me, win the uh, championship because they need the big three to play well, as well as the uh, other players. But more so in this, well, in the previous series against the Raptors, Kevin Love hasn't been performing, but one player who has was Kyle Korver, who's been his his jumper is looking better as he's at the more games he plays with uh, the Cavs. So what do you think about that series? I know it's over already, but briefly, we can briefly talk about how that series went and what you saw and what you liked and didn't like from both teams. Well, I'm going to start with the Raptors because I don't have a whole lot to say about them. They were terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, <clears throat> I thought Serge Ibaka would have helped and, and been just a little more of an asset for that team, uh, being that they've had Kyle Lowry and uh, DeRozan there. Um, Kyle Lowry, for whatever reason, every playoff seems to go missing. Uh, injury is not something you control. I see he got hurt. Uh, it was sad and not a good thing, and obviously showed that that series was over to not have him out there. Um, DeMar DeRozan, another guy, I thought it was – a lot more difficult for DeMar being that he was the only guy out there. So it made it very easy for the Cavs to do what their game plan was all along and yeah, double they, teaming him. Yep. So I thought that's, that's all really I can say about uh, the Raptors as far as uh, the Cavs go. The Cavs, um, as you said, Kyrie has been closing the games for him. LeBron has been LeBron, but down the stretch, even when it seemed as if they might – let one get away. Kyrie has been Kyrie in uh, money time. Um, they're going to need Kevin Love to be, as you said, consistent. But uh, I also realized that this last game, it was almost a slap in the face to uh, the Raptors. Tyrone Lue took the time to try some different lineups and smaller lineups, honestly, just, just putting different guards out there with each other. And it, it was an opportunity for a guy like Kyle, Kyle Korver to do what he does and make shots. Um, I think that'll be a, another add-on or asset as they expected it to be when they signed him um, as they make their playoff run. So as far as that series goes, like I said, the Cavs were the Cavs. I thought they raised it up a level from the series before. And as I heard LeBron say in the um, interview, along with Tyrone Lue, they have another level. I do think they have another level. I, excuse me. I think that for them to get accomplished, what they're trying to get accomplished as far as winning the championship, they have to reach that other level. Um, because you're talking about, like I said, a tough team in the West, a tough two teams, regardless whoever it is that comes out of the West, um, that is going to be ready and going to be on their P's and Q's. And you can't have any slippage at this point. You need to be getting better each round. So uh, the Cavs still look like the Cavs. Like I said, that. They got better in that series, but uh, it's still work to be done. Yeah, I agree. It's not much to talk about as far as the Raptors go. Um, DeRozan can only do but so much by itself. And like you said, the, the, the Cavs double teamed him off every screen. And even if it wasn't a screen, a player would just run off their, their guy and run to him and make him give up the, 
make them give up the ball. And and then game four, the Raptors, they the other players actually did hit hit shots, but the it, the Cavs were just too much. They're just too good. Um, and that's why they won the game. Ibaka had a big game. He had 25-plus points. Uh, P.J. Tucker had a double-double. Um, but the Cavs were just too much at the end. Kyrie Irving went on an 11-0 run by himself. Um, and I just – I don't know why Corey Joseph was so far up guarding guarding him, but Kyrie Irving was just toying with him with it and with the incredible handle that he has. Um Corey Joseph had no chance at at uh, guarding him, and the help help side wasn't there for the Raptors either. So, all in all, the Raptors they just they just weren't there in that series. And like you said, Kyle Lowry he got hurt. Uh, you never want that on a player, but also he more times than not he doesn't show up in the playoffs. And um, as far as the Cavs go, like you said, they're the Cavs. They're they're breezing through this Eastern Conference. Um, but you can't overlook just because they're sweeping people that it's, it's really that easy. They're just really that good. Because uh, they played against a Paul George, who's who's an all-star. DeMar DeRozan, who's also an all-star. Um, and next round, he'll play against another all-star guard, um, no matter whether it be Isaiah Thomas or John Wall. Um, also, Bradley Bill. Uh, but like I said, LeBron, LeBron is LeBron is playing like he's he doesn't age. He's 32 years old in his 14th year and still putting up crazy numbers. And I, th- I think a lot of people overlook uh, his greatness and take it for granted because he he's been doing it for so long. It hasn't it has hasn't wavered. Um, and last but not least, our last topic of the day, which is which most people have been talking about it for the past week or so. Um, actually, for a while now, uh, LeVar Ball, Lo- Lonzo Ball, has, he had a sneaker that just released for $495. Uh, they also, well, they didn't release. It's available available for pre-order. Uh, $495 sneaker, a $220 slide. Um, which is insane in my eyes, but you can look at it from both sides, uh, a marketing side where you, you don't have to sell as many pairs to make a big profit, or you can look at it as uh, on the other side where you think he's just insane with his marketing plan. Um, but like LeVar's, LeVar Ball, he said, uh, big ballers, they'll be able to afford uh, that sneaker. And if you if you can't, you're not a big baller. So what do you think about this whole fiasco of $495 sneakers and this big baller brand sneaker? Uh, where do I start? First, I'm going to start with LeVar Ball. I think LeVar Ball uh, is a little erratic with his thinking, kind of like somebody else we're all familiar with and somebody we laughed at probably 15 years ago and now is your president. <laughs> but... Uh, I say that because he, he's craving attention and he's getting the attention that he wants. But I, I, I don't think all, I know how people say all publicity is good publicity. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think that one, he's putting a lot of undue pressure on his son, um, who, I, who I will be the first to say, I still think is going to experience um, success because he has a certain level of talent. 
that I appreciate as a basketball fan. Uh, as far as the prices go, I was totally against of it. I think that the brand in itself, it is monumental for one, a black owned company to be able to have your own brand, be independent, have your own sneaker and promote maybe, it. Maybe even start a trend, but right. besides the price. Right, right. The price so, range. And, and that's why that's why I had an issue with the price. Because I'm like, hypothetically, had this been a hundred dollar sneaker that we were talking about, sales would have been really well. Um, there's a lot of kids who really like Lonzo Ball as a player. Um, and I'm talking about middle school to teenage kids who would say, Dad, uh, Lonzo Ball got a sneaker, I want it. And a parent wouldn't mind spending that hundred dollars knowing that that's the same amount of money or in the price range of any sneaker, or even below some of the prices of these superstars that are already out here. And well-established as well. Right. So I, I thought that the, the price and the numbers were totally off mark. And I, I like I said, I, I think it, it leads to a lot of dislike or a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, um, especially when you look at the, the spectrum of players that have came out with sneakers um, who, were, who, who were proven and never had that issue Um for me personally, in my lifetime, the only time I ever had an issue with a sneaker price, it was Michael Jordan, um, who obviously we all know has, has made his staple and been able to make a lot of money just based on the success and who he is as an individual. So that's not one to knock in that sense. Um, so it, it, it was more about uh, establishment and, and staying power for a guy like Michael Jordan. And he did something monumental, as we all know, with Nike getting his own signature shoe, which he was able to run with and do his thing with. So once again, my biggest issue was the price and number. I think that it was outrageous and it was a slap in the face to our youth, knowing that they're looking for role models and people to look up to. And his son has the opportunity to be that. So that was my biggest issue. I, I am a supporter of the independent brand and being that it's monumental in that stance and having a, 19-year-old kid be able to come out on a, on a big platform such as the NBA and have his own sneaker. So that that's the one part that I, I can say I, I'm really appreciate and for for that reason I hope he does experience success. But along the way, realize the fan base or people that he's hurting with um, the price and target number that they're looking at right now. Yeah. I I agree, and I think LeVar Ball is a, a very smart man. Uh, he he has a plan for everything he does, obviously, but I just don't think charging you're charging kids for or you're charging your your sneakers four hundred ninety five dollars. Most kids don't have that money. A lot of kids don't, and they are gonna have to ask their parents uh, if they can buy it for them. And when you, most most families aren't rich. Um, so the middle class and or the and the and or lower class, that's a that's that can be a whole paycheck for some families. Um, and they just can't do that. And Lonzo Ball is a great player. I think he's a humble humble player as well. But his dad is overshadowing him. Uh, and it's it's looking bad. It's trickling down to his sons because of how outspoken he is and and how he doesn't really care what he says and how he goes about his business. I I enjoy that it's a black owned business, like you said. Um he supports his sons to the fullest. I love that. But at the same time he's charging four hundred and ninety five dollars, which is 
it makes his kids look bad because maybe some people may say uh they should have said dad this is too much um but maybe they did say that but he's such uh an alpha dog and he 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 that's his brand he's going to do what he wants and like you said with the other brands Jordan brand uh LeBron's all the, Nike brand all the uh, high profile players that have sneakers from what i remember i know they start off low uh sneakers starting from like 90 and then as they get better as their careers uh grow the sneaker price changes by 10 20 every new pair of sneakers they get so i feel like he's always wants to be different and so just do his own way he's maybe he's doing it 495 and then going lower but i just i still don't think that's a a, a good idea he was on a undisputed show with uh skip bayless and shannon sharp today i think he said they sold so far 495 pairs which is not that bad with the 500 price tag so i so it's good in a way but it's also a bad look for his sons and also the maybe the type of people they are to charge $500, not killing, caring about the, the lower class and even middle class families who can't really spend that. And they they can just get Kyrie Irving sneakers or LeBron's or Jordan's for $300 less. So I love the, the family aspect, the family business side of it, but I don't like the prices that he's trying to charge uh, the consumers because I don't think that's fair but life isn't fair. He's going to do what his want. He he's going to do what he wants with his brand. So I just feel like it's just it's insane to me. Um, any final thoughts on that? No. Once again, I, I'm just going to end with uh, as you said. Um, I, I'm a huge supporter of uh, the independency and because a lot of these brands are stealing money from these athletes and they have a whole lot of control and. By cutting out the middleman, it allows us as people to own what it is that we have. So I'm a big fan of that, but I'm not a big fan of the price being that you're talking about, like you said, lower class, middle class, who's probably your biggest target, or not even your biggest target, but your your biggest viewers and, and consumers, people that would, would support you. You're wiping out a whole group of people. And once again, I hate to compare them to Trump, but... <laughs> that puts it, you know, that puts everything in perspective as far as the attention and, and just doing what it is that he wants to do. Yeah. Um. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Dave for coming again and being my guest for uh, episode five. Um. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you guys can, can um the the podcast nightly sports talk is available on iTunes podcast app, Google Play Music, and also SoundCloud. Uh, follow our, our social media pages, Twitter, Nightly Sports, uh, Nightly underscore sports, our Instagram page, Nightly Sports Talk. Um, and just uh, subscribe, let me know how you feel. Um, any, any subjects you want me to talk about, um, Give, just I just want you guys to give me honest feedback so I can get better and, and keep this thing going because I enjoy doing what I do. Um, and I just want to give you guys just a different perspective from uh, other people. Uh, I, I just tr- trying to keep it as real as possible um, with, with, with my talk and my guests talk, my friends talk. Um, 
I just hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you again on episode six. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.